0: everybody and welcome to This Week in X presented by Crushing Comics. We are here assembled together to talk about this week of new X-Men comics out from Marvel on the 3rd of March 2021. Now there's only one in continuity X-Men comic book out this week that is Hellions number 10 but also there was a ostensibly out of continuity X-Men comic book this week Demon Days number one by Peach Pomoko, and a few of us but not all of us read it so we will be talking about that as well as always this is a full spoilers program we're going to fully describe and discuss everything that's happened in these books reference other recent continuity and even reference older continuity from x-men and marvel in general heck we might even spoil something from dc just for fun so just know that's the kind of show it is we're not keeping any secrets on this show to start no secrets none whatsoever it's all an open they're all open books So to start out today, since there's only one comic, we're all going to get the same question. Usually we ask different questions from all the different plots. But today, my question is this. If you were kind of trapped in a a dream or a fantasy or a vision that you would just never question or leave, because it's just that either soothing or fun or thrilling for you, uh, and it's not reading comic books, what would that be? (laughs) And keep it clean, people. This is a a mostly all-ages program, Okay.
1: Why are you pointing at me? I feel like you're pointing at me. I feel no attacked. I feel personally comments. attacked. I feel personally attacked.
0: So Tyler, what would be what would be the fantasy that could hypnotize you into being complacent and happy?
2: I mean, is it a is it is it a fantasy if it is something that has happened? No, I just, think that it's just yeah. like a
0: happy memory that you enjoy. I, I right? mean, yeah. that
2: that would be like the way I I mean the way I would not, the, the way I would think about it would be like things that make me um, happy or really enjoyable um, you know for a certain period of time and you kind of feel sad that it's ending, that kind of thing. So um, I mean the a, mo- a more recent uh, memory would be the time when I um, was taking classes at the French culinary institute. And yeah, so I was going there every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. and we would start when we just bake whatever the instructor make us bake. And I mean, I enjoyed the time like a lot. So you know, a dream that would like keep me in that dream state forever would probably be you know doing that thing like over and over again. Wow.
1: It's so cute,
3: Harry. Good Lord, I can't follow that. No, it actually <laughs> is a it's a dream I had last week. I was it's it, for me. It was the kind of dream where I, I wanted to see where it went. Where it was basically, and I. I'm not going to make this too long cuz no one wants to hear their dreams explained but um it was uh I was like a fugitive from the law but I was able to teleport anywhere and kind of hang out until the law would continue following me and this but the thing is in the dream it went on for a while like there was like a one year time skip I went to multiple areas so you're I had this story it. you
0: want narrative you yeah. want plot density <laughs> I do <laughs>
3: I, lots some interesting things to happen and I woke up and I was like oh man, what was going to happen next because clearly the story train was rolling. Like, I, I, felt, I felt unfinished. So I just want to go back there. I guess I'm like the people in Inception or I just want to go back to my dreams. But yeah.
0: Right. So Tyler wants to learn something new and, and practice and have joy. Harry wants to. <laughs> Harry wants plot development. For you, right. what would be the answer for you?
1: Well, you already told me that I have to keep it clean. So I cannot say anything. So it can't be
0: about America's ass. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I cannot be it cannot be about America's ass and all that. So uh so <laughs> the uh. one that I would say though is that the, it's so I have been having this a lot since I got my cat, Lady Dark uh-huh. Like, you know, sometimes we would be I'd be lying down in bed and reading and she'll come and she'll plop next to me and like Meop. and then I will look <laughs> at her and then she's just lying there and then I do this to her cheek oh. and I just mm-hmm. like we just stay there in the bed and she's like her eyes closed and purring. I feel like that would keep me in dream state always that, you know, I'm always with her. So that would be my choice.
0: So Freya is the only one of us who cares about others. That's always a good thing to establish.
1: Uh, (laughs) Other being, not human. Right. Not other humans. Let's not take it too far.
0: Just other creatures. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm tempted to say that it would be something about flying because I've been, you know, I've been like parasailing. I've been skydiving a couple of times. I'm not a big extreme sports person, but I just enjoy being in, in air and like feeling like there's, even though gravity is clearly affecting you, as you're doing it, you don't feel like gravity is affecting you. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I know this because of my own personal dreams. I dream a lot about choosing donuts to eat. I don't actually eat them in the dream. It's just like being at a counter. I don't even like donuts that much. Like ice cream is my thing. But just being at the counter at a donut shop that just has like every possible kind of donut, I sometimes can go a whole night, and that's my whole dream is just choosing donuts. I don't know. There's wow. probably some Freudian level to that. but I just I'm like, ooh, maple bacon. Ooh, b- beef? yeah, yeah. Um, so I, so I think you could probably keep me uh, contained indefinitely if you just gave me a really wide selection of donuts to choose from.
1: If any of our viewer is an artist, please draw us Peter in those things.
3: <laughs> the same, like
1: it is four page of four panels of everything yeah. that we just described. Please draw us. Just Peter surrounded
3: by donuts <laughs> like in his <a> Zen pose. Yeah,
1: Peter's would be the last one, right? So it would be yeah, like a different complication. Like first, Tyler's uh, is like, oh, he's cooking and baking. Yeah. Then it will I'm be baking donut. Yeah, Tyler's and like mine going,
0: go together really well. It's like the uh, name right, like, yeah. and, ha-
1: yeah, Actually, no, and Harry's would be, like, Harry's would be like bumping, mine would be with a cat, and then, like, Peter's would be just one page of him just staring at a bunch of donuts.
3: <laughs> you saw god in the face of Duncan. That's what happened.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I could I could go off, but we gotta, we gotta keep moving. Uh, <laughs> for audience number 10, as we always do, let's begin with our lightning round of uh, gut reactions, and that will start with Tyler. Tyler, what did you think about this issue?
2: Um, This issue has slightly less humor. And veiled a little bit more into the horror um, territory for me, um, you know, which I tend not to enjoy. But um, I I still kind of like enjoy um, this 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 comics quite a bit. Um, in a pretty typical uh, decompressed modern comics way, the middle issue of the arc, you know, um, doesn't do a lot. It it moves at quite a fast pace, but the plot you know, did not uh, advance quite a bit. So, you know, I'm giving this a three confirm. Confirm (laughs) out of five. (laughs) Harry,
0: what did you think about Halyan's number 10?
3: I sometimes read my books first thing in the morning. Like I wake up, get breakfast, and I read my books during that digitally. And uh, sometimes that's great. And then sometimes like this, not in a bad way, but I was like, dear Lord, this issue is grim. <laughs> like some really <laughs> gruesome stuff happens to Sinister in particular. And it was like the first thing in my day. Uh, and it just, it was interesting. Uh, but I like this issue. Uh, I think Tower's right that it... um it doesn't exactly push the plot forward. It's more just like a bunch of fun vignettes. Uh, but like, it, it is an interesting transition, a switch from more comedy to just a much more brutal kind of situation. Uh, not that this is like the most horrible thing you've ever seen, but it it there is some nasty stuff that happens. Um, but it's still really funny. It's really enjoyable. Um, it's just like it definitely feels like a middle pack uh, version of this book. So I'm gonna give it three point seven five uh, bloody dentures out of five. <laughs>
0: And that's why Harry didn't like it while reading or eating breakfast. Uh, Correct. (laughs)
1: Uh, So the thing is, like, I'm probably going to break Crashing Comics uh, timeline by saying this. But the thing is, this week has been a week of arcade for me. So, like, over the weekend, I read and we talked about Claremont's run where arcade shows up and that's like you know and then this week i'm reading this and then i was like the most of the time like oh, i know that reference <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was that was quite fun so i mean i enjoyed it but then at the same time like oh why is it so grim because this is not what I come to Hellions for, you know, at okay. least all this time I didn't. So maybe that's, it's changing gear. I mean, there is a lot of laugh out loud funny moments, especially at the beginning with the whole confirm, confirm, and <laughs> all of that. Uh, so there is a lot of that, but overall it was like, yeah, she's, that ah, stop. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll give it like, you know, I don't know, 3.5 extracted Mr. Sinister tooth out of, teeth out of five, I don't know.
0: Don't like Gross.
1: it.
0: <laughs> you know, it's interesting. In a vacuum, just kind of reading it cover to cover and, and making notes on it, I thought it was great. I think I think Zeb Wells hit every beat. I think Segovia continues to, like, improve and improve and improve as an artist. I just think it, it was a really good comic book. Then, in thinking about it in terms of the run, it just feels like things have gotten kind of so slow and we're really relying on these laughs to carry the book. Like, when I went back and read it, I was like, well what really happened, what did we learn? And we'll talk about all that. But especially because we came out of you know two pretty fast-paced issues when this was part of X of Swords, and then that followed up with two pretty tight issues with the whole robot thing, the fact that this yeah. is the second issue and it's the middle, I, I think I kind of got fooled a little bit by um, by how fast those things are. And I actually think this book might actually be a little bit better when it's under pressure to tell the story a little bit faster. I think if it was forced to get through this arcade story in two issues, I I bet the story would be a little bit better. So I liked it. I have no objection. And, I, and again, I think Zeb Wells just nailed every possible beat. But from a pace perspective, I am getting a little bit weary of Hellions.
3: Can I just say, though, is there any opening to a book better than I'm looking at him right now, right in his weird albino rabbit eyes, because that might be the best line of any comic ever.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, gosh, there's so much to talk about in this scene. So we open up with Arcade has Sinister alive, which we surmised at the end of Last Issue, but there was some hint that he might have been dead in in the result of drinking Mastermind's tea. And uh, Mm. the thing is that there's this multi-layered thing happening because Arcade is trying to... Uh, interrogate and also intimidate Sinister, but Mastermind is there, and Arcade also is trying to make sure he's not being affected by the effects of Mastermind, which brings this hilarious confirm, confirm, confirm conversation because he has some outside viewer who can't be, you know, tricked yeah. by Mastermind. But, um, yeah. Here's here's my first question here. To what end is this happening? Because Arcade claims he's just going to kill Lady Mastermind if Mastermind step out of line, but there's resurrection. Mastermind doesn't super care about his kids in the past. It feels like there's kind of like a missing trick here that we're going to get the rug pulled out from next issue. Am mm-hmm. I the only one who felt like that? Or did you feel like there was maybe one other element to this
2: whole confirm, confirm sequence at the beginning? Tyler? I mean, I'm... I'm asking the same, a uh, uh, a very similar question because, um, I mean, one 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 thing is that I'm not, ha- um, too familiar with the introductions of uh both Mastermind's daughter, um, both Reagan and um, ma, ma- what's that? What's the name here? Um, ma- Martinique. Oh, I always get I I get them confused. Yeah, the so yeah. yeah, this is Martinique. Um, so. So they like he has two daughters, and when they were introduced, I wasn't like um, collecting comics then, so I'm not super familiar with them. So yeah, so my first question initially was like, oh you know does Mastermind really care so much about her daughter, and well the second thing is that um, Martinick basically trapped Arcade in his own nightmare, um all the way back in Gambit and Wolverine victims where Whoa there's a deep cut. Yeah. From like so, nineteen ninety five or six. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And and that was when well I mean we, we can come to that later, but that's that's where um Arcade basically tried to frame um Wolverine for you know Jack the Reaper type of uh, murders in London because he was trying to hide something which will come into play slightly later in this story. Um yeah, I mean I, I have no idea. I have no idea why why Mastermind went along with it. Um besides, you know, he's trying just to be nasty um towards Mr. Sinister. Or, you know, it could be like a double type of um um what do you call? Uh cross. It's a fake out cross. Yeah. Like so he might be trying to take out Arcade. But again, like this seems to be a really roundabout way to achieve something. Um which I thought you know could be avoided. like you could avoid even like involving Hellens, like why capture the Hellens? Why are well, you no,
0: I, I want to make clear here that my question as we continue here is not kind of like, did Wells write a good plot? It's yeah. what are we as the, what's being withheld from us, from the readers, do we think? Because mm-hmm. I think it's clear on a couple levels, something's being withheld. Why is Mastermind yep. doing what he's doing? Why is Arcade doing what he's doing? Why are the Hellions there? There's definitely some parts of this that I yeah. think there's probably more to. And I and I want to speculate on that. So Harry, what do you think? What what are we missing here to, to kind of complete this story?
3: I think that's a good point with mastermind that like, I don't fully understand what his motivations are right now. Cause it does feel like something's missing in the sense that, uh, what is compelling him to go on all of these different, uh, odd tangents and c- capturing of the hellions and what have you. Uh, I don't have as much familiarity with, with mastermind and wh- all that, but, um, you know, for arcade it's, he seems just so like deep into the, the sadism and the, um, just kind of like the comedy that i took him more at face value i feel like he's more on the level and mastermind might have some deeper kind of thing uh, what that is yet i'm not sure but it did occur to me in the moment that like it felt off kilter
0: freya do you think there's more than meets the eye to this
1: plot so did arcade say what he wants he already said what he wants what he, he wants want? more arcade more arcade cl- clones well right but then, so then why he so
0: he so he he kidnapped the Hellions because he thinks Sinister cares about the Hellions, and he worked with Mastermind to get them there, all to get arcade clones. I read it a couple of times. I'm not sure he means arcade clones or just clones in general.
1: I thought he meant arcade clones because he wants to become... The, because So the thing is, because I read the Claremont issue now, his Martyr world has improved so much and has gotten <laughs> so scary compared to what he had in Avengers Arena and then now it's unbelievably more scarier because now he's actually using his employees family as those things. And then yeah. having the, as people within the dreams and stuff like that. Now he wants to go upgrade one more and he wants to be the, his cones are going to be in there torturing people. So that's what he kind of wants. Why not just get sinister and yeah. Not rested. I don't know. I think and, that's a question. And then why even have Mastermind in that room? And that can all be traced down to the fact that he's uh, he's really dumb. He <laughs> thinks he's smart, but he's yeah. not, and he's very dumb. Yeah. And then he's like pretty much the worst murderer in Marvel history, like you know. <laughs> so it can all go back to that. Me thinks. So
0: so <laughs> so yeah. Two two points in that, and actually I want to send it back around, mm. starting with Freya. So um he. The thing that Arcade says is, for the only thing you have to offer, you walking disease, I want clones of my own to fill Murder World with horrors and delights, and I will have them, or you will burn in my madness. So he says clones of my own, but he doesn't specify They're clones, clones that will of create myself. Cars, clones of my own.
2: Yeah, He's I know. Not right. he, he, he did say not say clones, say clones, of, clones of myself. On myself. Right. Yeah.
0: So, but here's the thing. I want to send back around, starting with Freya. Um, I get the sense from this, especially having just read the Arcade Claremont issue, uh, which mm-hmm. we'll be covering a little bit later on the channel, is Arcade. Arcade's an artisan. He cares about the process. He whether they get murdered at the end, it doesn't. Nah. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> which actually is a really, I think, smart take on how ineffective he is as a murderer. He doesn't care about. He's creating bespoke. Murder and terror experiences that you may or may not die from, but the experience is perfectly tuned. And I he just I know loves that the craft. He loves the craft. He loves the game. Yeah. And I know that's been a point with him before. But I think Z- Wells just hit the nail right on the darn head mm-hmm. in this issue with that. What did you think about that aspect of it, Freya?
1: Um, well, there's Mojo who does that, so he's like a copycat. <laughs> And maybe he doesn't <laughs> like being a copycat anymore. Because the thing is, like, if the idea is, like, the oh, I'm just going to create Nightmare and I'm going to give people some something to scream about at night. <laughs> well, okay. There's others who done that. This is about Marvel Universe. You yeah, cannot surprise a us. Yeah, there's thousand villains that do that. Yeah, <laughs> you can surprise us. There's literally a villain called Nightmare <laughs> who does this. <laughs> like, you cannot surprise us anymore. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's the brand upgrade. Maybe he's trying to put his seal like you know maybe nobody's giving him attention and he wants to do that and this is his way of getting there mm. <laughs> why is mastermind of... in that room yeah <laughs> so that's the question that's the you know, why do you have it maybe because he wants to have a leash on him but the, yeah but the whole confirm confirm i think it was just for gag yeah. nothing else
2: well i mean it's, it's also a really smart way to um to make sure that mastermind is not like subtly um using his powers on him right because he had that experience before i mean he had he had to deal with you know um uh mastermind so um so so he's being really cautious about that part um yeah but go ahead
1: no no i was just saying but in in process of that he's looking like an idiot (laughs) (laughs)
2: um i mean for for me it's like you know coming back to the point i have the, 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 the thing that sort of puzzled me is like why is helens there that's that's the big question mark for me
3: maybe he just wanted to get them off the board so he could keep a better hold on sinister I mean that's kind of the most basic take but just uh, also it's fun to have the Hellions around yeah <laughs> don't ever don't forget that part they're an entertaining yeah, and group
1: also, and he doesn't know about resurrection or anything so you know so I think that's
3: true I mm. think
1: for him it's like oh if I if I kill these jokers
0: they're dead. So. Yeah. Well, no, you know, all anybody theoretically knows is that, like, Sinister is on the council and that he has a team. We even saw with yeah. Sage in the last issue where she's like, I thought you might want to go rescue Sinister and they all burst out laughing. Like, even on the island, it's not fully known and understood how the, how much they all loathe him and how much they're kind of just yeah. being arm twisted. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, Arcade interacted with them the way you would interact with the super team and, you know, you would kidnap whoever the leader is and not realizing the Hellions don't super care about <laughs> Simster. Now, so but Arcade as we've talked about, he's he's got a big upgrade here because he's collaborating yeah. with Mastermind. Mastermind, you know, has the ability sort of in the same way that Moonstar does, to kind of like use your own psych against you. And Arcade is this brilliant designer of games. And you get the idea that this, too, is a synergy between Arcade and Mastermind. And it's not any one of them just saying, do this. It's actually the combination of Arcade's ingenuity and Mastermind's powers that's creating these uh, environments. And there's six different environments for them. Each of them has a um, like a dream state and then a nightmare state. So at the risk of having like five or 10 minute discussion about each of them, which I don't think we we need to do, I do want to pull out a few of them. And I think the most prominent is probably Psylocke. So Dr- mm. Psylocke has a dream of compassion and a nightmare of rejection. And this brings back a plot point from, dare I say, Fallen Angels about her deceased daughter and how all she wants is to be back at home, back before all of this body swapping nonsense with her daughter. And that the nightmare of rejection is not only rejection, you know, by her daughter, but also this rejection of feeling like she has no place, which is the whole Quanin story. So is what we're getting from this kind of that, like her whole life has become a nightmare and, and even still it's a nightmare, even though she kind of has a place on Krakoa.
2: I don't know. What, what did people take from that? I mean, it's also blaming Betsy, right? Because Mm -hmm. Betsy is the one Betsy that is like, um mojo fight is attacking her. So in a way she's she's still not over the facts that I think Betsy took over her body. Freya?
1: But the thing so the she actually woke herself up though, right? Because she's the only like she's the one of the first ones to be like, oh what's your name? Yeah. And what's your name? So the thing is there's another book that came out this week that tells what's her name. So I'm actually kind of con- con- questioning if the other out of continuity book is actually really out of continuity because it f- matches so perfectly hmm. with her nightmare and her and her dream because that book actually tells her name. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> like, it's like what
2: yeah. what if what if Demon Days is really Psylocke in this yeah. illusion <laughs> cast by mastermind.
1: Exactly. It's it's perfectly I when I read it I was shook I was shaken (laughs) I was like oh my god this is perfect marketing and perfect (laughs) tactic it's even written in a way that you would never like you know if you go to the end of it you're like oh that was really wild but if you go to the end last page the name is revealed and you know why it reads so weird but reading it with this two page of hellions it's perfectly placed so that's why i'm like why is everyone calling that out of continuity
0: (laughs) well we will get deeper into that in our discussion of right since some of us did not read it
1: yeah so the thing is like you know and i think like you know to me it's like it's one of those like yeah every lady superhero has wants to be the mom so it's like that as well. It goes back to, like, all the torture and the drama of, like, you know, being having a child and not being with that child. Uh, but then... But doesn't it feel also, like
0: sometimes, like, is this the only plot point that yeah. any writer knows how to give women at Marvel Comics?
1: No. It just uh, really no.
0: feels like
1: just just awful but the thing is like it's also like the like i mean you know, in, in dc they would give them the same thing it's like oh, oh sure. okay the only, like yeah the only lady yeah, like you know and both the ladies have to do with parent like motherhood both the like both two ladies in the team and both of their dream and nightmare is to do with motherhood i'm like Ugh. so so yeah there's the, that aspect of that but i also like the fact that she's the one who woke herself up like you know so it's like so i think like
0: Anybody else on uh, Quanon
2: slash Silox' dream of compassion versus rejection? I mean, the interesting, I mean, not really interesting thing, but like the thing that Wells is sort of uh, subtly or maybe not so subtly uh, suggesting <laughs> is the growing relationship between uh, Grey Curl and, and Quanon. Mm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as they were falling last issue um, to the ground, both of them were reaching out to each other and then here she instinctively called out John's name when you know when when she basically got attacked so i thought that was interesting
1: true
0: harry
2: anything on that
3: no i picked up on that too i think like if there's any kind of like serious i don't want to say relationship a kind of connection between these characters it's it's definitely these two and it did feel like a jump i was like oh she reaches out to gray crow yeah interesting and then that was kind of just what was carrying me through the rest of the issue
0: And I personally kind of hope it's not romantic, although it probably will be, because I just feel like characters who are loner characters, especially women who are loner characters, Mm -hmm. very rarely get to have somebody they consider a peer or an equal that doesn't have that romance tinge. And uh, it's it's just it would feel really powerful to me if they found each other and common ground with each other in a way that was platonic. You know, I think Mm -hmm. about like Electra. And Electra, you know, always has off again and on again romance with Daredevil. But then she really just gets passed around to all these other characters to have brief romantic flings so they can be like, well, Electra's deadly, but she's also beautiful. And they had a fling together. Like they've done it with Doctor Strange. They've done it with uh, Punisher and then Deadpool being jealous of it. And it just turns mm-hmm. this, you know, a really complex, interesting character, honestly, into this sexy murder doll for male <laughs> characters. And I just feel like I see that same trope about to be played out with Quanon. And if it goes down that path, I don't know. I mean, personally, Mm -hmm. I will look down on this comic book if it goes down that path whereas if it can keep it on a platonic path or at least platonic long enough that it's not just about her being somebody's sexy murder doll then I think I'll I'll think a little bit more highly of it I don't know Freya uh, do you have a similar reaction to the way that some of these uh, loner murderous women tend to be invoked in relationships how do you read these sort of things
1: well at least this Grey Call can be her sexy murder doll
0: (laughs) right flip the script
1: (laughs) right but that's that's what i'm saying i'm saying though because i do like that though so i do like it's because it's the sex like you know if they're if the relationship is started by the female characters in this sense it kind of have a different aspect of it of like okay she's trying to hold on to some kind of human connection Hmm. versus if it's the male one, it's like, oh, babe, you're sexy. Like the way that Wolverine does the throughout Claremont's run, we've mm. read so far. It's just like the worst. But the thing is, like, it's just like, because it's just the trope that I'm like, okay, yeah, like, you know, sure, we've seen it a thousand times, do something new. Uh, but yeah, so if it's like a female character doing it, it almost feels like uh, some kind of, fem- like, you know, some kind of one human connection that they're trying to have, and they're mm. trying to be better. Especially with Electra, I would say, though, I think that's I see it as that, you know, and then I sometimes see it as like, well, you know, like, Frank is rather sexy. for a <laughs> I'm not saying that
0: no. women characters can't get some, you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah, trying to outlaw,
1: no, no, no. getting some. No, 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 I know, I know, I know what you're saying, but you know, so I think like it depends on the, on the way it's written. So it's case by case rather yeah. than like a overall, like, you know, so it's, that's what my take.
2: But what 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 if like the relationship between Quanan and uh and Grey Crow here is something like Wolverine and Maverick? I would like that personally much better. Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah. They they have an agreement that they have, you know, because Quanan has been taken over um by Betsy like, you know, like she she has been possessed in a way, and then you have Grey Crow who has been um reclone and reclone so many times by sinister so maybe they have an agreement that say hey we need to make sure that we we, we never suffer that again and
1: i, love
0: I
2: think that. yeah yeah
0: i think that's that's wonderful and
2: and the great thing is like that nuance
0: exists with these characters you don't even have to like dig too deep it's right there yeah. uh so <laughs> we can lightning round through some of the other ones but there is one in particular i want to dig into which is havoc um <laughs> So Havoc, oh, God. We, and we have different experiences with the character because we've all read different portions of his history, I think, from each other. Uh, Havoc dreams of passion, specifically with Madeline Pryor. hmm and his nightmare is humiliation but is it really though is it is he is that really his nightmare seems still like he's having potentially a good time so yeah, even um, more
2: passion It's like from by passion far to having the best even time. more
3: passion <laughs> <laughs> it's a different form of like a fun time like well, but,
2: but the thing is this right um i think Mastermind doesn't have telepathy so what he pulls out I mean, <laughs> he he thinks is 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 humiliation when right, he's making
0: a value judgment like oh i yeah. see you with a yeah. dog collar on that yeah. must be bad and having yeah. like
3: excellent. Uh, I'm like no
2: i'm still i'm still in the dream phase it's
0: still
3: having a it's a great still Wednesday. Passion. <laughs> it's not I really hope there's a scene next issue. They're like, "Oh man, we had the worst time at Murder World," and Havoc's just like, "Oh yeah, for real. Right. I, I had a good weekend.
1: Yeah, terrible. Horrible. Oh yeah, horrible. <laughs> oh yeah. Like,
0: what you know, happened? I, don't
3: worry about it. Just let's go.
0: <laughs> but I, I really want to dig into the meaning of these words based on what you all currently know of Havoc. We'll start with Freya, right? Like, what? Why might Havoc's dream be of passion? You know, my dreams of donuts. Why is Havoc Why is Havoc so entranced? By the idea of passion, he's had this very long time relationship with Polaris. He Tyler almost got married to Nurse Annie. Uh, yeah. He's had passion. Why is passion Havoc's greatest dream? Uh, and then also, why is humiliation is fear for you? What What is your thought there?
1: Well, because he's like somehow, like even with Gabrielle Summers being the way he is, he's somehow still the third most favorite Plummer brother <laughs> in the couple. <Kakoa. laughs> So maybe that's playing a thing on it, but yeah, I was actually thinking about Polaris too. I'm like, son! Yeah. where's where's <laughs> like, oh okay, like you know, you went from green hair to red hair. Hmm, interesting. Uh, but yeah, and to me, I was like when it's like, oh yeah, like you know, the humiliation. I'm like, that doesn't look very humiliating. Who would not like Madeline Pryor with that costume, beating you up in that in the butt, like you know? And I'm like. What's going on there? So, I mean, I, I didn't quite, that's one of the reasons, like, you know, it's like this issue starts to, like, I, I was kind of questioning, I'm like, oh, okay, what is the point? Because these are tropey dream state and nightmare states we have seen again and again, and then it just feels like, okay, like, what's, like, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't quite get his, his one, and, and that to me, I took it as like, oh, I, did, I just don't know his history, so maybe I missed something.
0: Harry, would you add anything there on passion versus humiliation?
3: Yeah, I'm almost wondering, and I, I have not read a Head of Havoc. I read uh, him in the Baker book. I read him in uh, Remender's Run, which we won't name. Uh, but like, you know, it's it's he seems like a square, like an adorable square, but kind of like on the straight and narrow. And it seems like he wants passion in the sense of a more exciting kind of. Either physical or emotional kind of connection. And then his the the dark side of that is when you get to him all uh, you know, you know, down boy, like in in, in doggy style there. Like it's kind of like similar, but it's like it, it seems very like visceral surface level kind of like this guy's repressed stuff and this is what he kind of wants from life. That that was my takeaway. It seems like that's something the book's hinting at anyway.
0: Hmm. Tyler, what did you take from passion versus humiliation? I mean, this
2: is just moving him back to the Austri- Australian era because that's the only time the two of them are together. And, you know... Well, and- Mutant X, right? Isn't she in Mutant X? Yeah. I feel like, I just like we need
0: to phone a friend for a military school. Yeah, <laughs> to.
2: It's been a while <laughs> yeah. for me. It's right in the shelf right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the thing. I was like, um, yeah, you know, it's like... I I mean again that was the part which I was like my my question was like what are you sure that submission is is the nightmare for him (laughs) oh you know it's like yeah I mean he could be I mean yeah don't 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 look down on puppy play so you know (laughs) so it, it may not be humiliation it could be just passion and more passion
3: Seems like R.K. does not have a great uh, view of other people's sexualities. Well, he's a villain. It's not villain oh, He's not He's right, 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 right. so not it's a, a combination of arcade yes. yeah. and mastermind. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Could be. Uh, so- I mean, it does lead us to the hilarious moment of the camera pulling back from the dream to see what people in reality are saying. <laughs> of Havoc on the on the bed with this like square cardboard looking robot like groping her and Mr. Sinister of all people who's usually into any kind of prurient content that you can possibly serve to him being like I would really prefer not to see this which has, which, which has levels because is it that Mr. Sinister doesn't want to see ha- Havoc humping a robot which you think he would normally enjoy or is it because he's so complicit in the whole Maddie Pryor aspect of Havoc's obsession that he actually objects to the idea that Havoc is imagining <laughs> that the robot is Maddie Pryor and saying, "Oh Maddie, oh Maddie!" Like there's lo- yeah. levels. This is what I mean about. It. I think in the actual book, Zeb Wells just hit every possible mm-hmm. beat. I'm I'm a little annoyed by the pace of it, but it's I found it funny. Uh, so I, before, here, hold move- on, I have mute. Now oh, we're not moving on. Don't worry, we're not moving <laughs> on. Okay. okay,
1: we're not moving. <laughs> we're here. <from> this. <laughs> so
0: here I mute next volume one. I'm going to read to you from the jacket copy here. Uh, Havok finds himself leading a mutant team with familiar faces. The Six are the Brute, the Fallen, Iceman, Bloodstorm, and Marvel Woman, better known as Havok's wife, Madeline Pryor. So there's a whole, you, you, mm. we got a whole 32 issues and two annuals, which I already had put together for binding. But here it is as, as two improbably released books, maybe just so we could be ready for this run. So I already go home and read Mutant X. But um, here's the other thing I want to say before I hand back to Freya. I think you've all gotten close to, but maybe haven't quite said the thing that I thought, which is that I think Harry got the closest in talking about him as a square. Cyclops is a square too, but Cyclops still has a thing that he's obsessed with. Cyclops has his like all work and no play thing that he does that makes him a square. And Havoc is like a square in search of that. And so even when he's with Polaris, even when he's with all these other things, like he never like feels all the way committed. Even in the Brubaker space stuff, and I actually just happened to have read with the kid yesterday morning, Uncanny X-Men 219, which is when he officially rejoins the team in the Claremont era. And even then, he doesn't want to join the team. He only joins because (laughs) he happens to wander in on them and they are trying to pretend that they've been killed. And they're like, well, I guess you're gonna have to join us. And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And that almost feels similar to the beginning of Uncanny Avengers. So I really Mm. feel like the passion, the humiliation, it's two sides of a coin where he just wants to like feel right? And at least humiliation would like make him feel, but it's the it's kind of like the negative side of feeling, but it's actually not that bad for him. And that's why I just think it's so fascinating. I don't think it's right or wrong. I think Wells nailed it. I don't think the humiliation is good or bad. I just think that this is like Havoc searching for feeling. Yeah. Faria, do you have anything you want to either go back to or or respond to in
1: that? So two points. Point number one is like, this is like the second time I saw a summer like having psychic Session with another woman while being in a relationship with someone. I mean, is this their brotherly trade? Uh, the second point is, which is he the second brother? Like, is he? Yes, the sec- he's younger
3: than us. Yeah.
1: Okay, so he has a s- book, book, like you know, a book. What is that? What's it book. called? Uh, textbook. Middle child syndrome. Like this is textbook middle child syndrome. None of us here will understand it because we are all the either the eldest or the only child. Right? Like Peter, you have a, you have a, you have a, a, like, yeah. So the thing is, so we're not going to understand it. I've seen this. I've seen this middle child syndrome and I've seen it like, you know, I'm I'm the oldest of four. So I've seen it twice. (laughs) Sorry, twice. (laughs) So this is like a quintessential middle child syndrome and it's just like, Oh, I can't follow the older, brother because he's like his shadow is so long and the younger one is insane so i can't follow that route either Uh, and yet
0: his passion is literally following the route of his older brother (laughs) to (laughs) Sleep with Madeline Pryor. I mean like you know
2: levels.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Madeline is essentially, you know. Oh, that,
1: I'm not gonna, gonna
2: spoil it. I'm I know, gonna we're gonna it, talk but, about it yeah. in our
1: come back <laughs> th- join us in Epic Reread. We're gonna talk about all of that. Uh but it, because I have thoughts about that, even without spoiling what I know. Yeah. Um and then uh the the third thing is though, I don't think like you know, you were talking about Hines- Sin- Hines- Sinister looking away. I don't think it has anything to do with he never. You will never feel like, oh, my God, I created man. Like, hey, there is no remorse or anything. It just gross embarrassment that this is my team. Ew. Like, <laughs> I would have because I was like, ew. This, oh, like, please, Alex, cut it out. <laughs> you know, be like, oh. So, so that's what I would say. <laughs>
0: I just, I know this is awful, but I can't get out of my head the idea that the robot just has, like, a smooth face, and he's, like, trying to make out with him, and and it's just him, like, you know, like, like, I just keep, every time I read that panel, that's what's in my face of him just, like, trying to tongue kiss this flat face, this flat plastic face.
1: We're so bad people. <laughs> we this, all this, are poor man, this poor man is being like, you know, having this moment and we're like, ah! <laughs> we're making fun of it. Like, ah! We are all the sinister. We're all Mr. Sinister.
2: <laughs> but on the on I mean on the same page, there's also something else happening. Which like, is, you know, yeah. Miss Locke is like going up to Arkid and saying that, oh, is it touching time? And then Arkid is like, not now. And you know, um, wave her away. I mean, the but there's thing no
0: confirm there,
2: there's no confirm there, yeah, which
0: made me think that she's
2: not Miss Locke. Well, and maybe Arcade yes! is
0: requesting a service from Mastermind
2: as well. Well, that's the thing. So, Miss Locke is killed, like, Miss mm-hmm. Locke has died, and uh, Arcade killed her because the two have this ongoing game. Where Miss Locke would try to kill Arcade on his birthday, and then Arcade would try to kill her back, or something like that. And in one of these s- scenarios, Arcade got crazy and killed Miss Locke. So, Did and that is the I whole thought so. Thing. I like, couldn't quite remember, yeah. but I thought that so that th- was the case. That was the whole premise of like um, Wolverine and Gambit victims. Um, I, I actually went back and read the thing. <laughs>
0: but, and um, then,
2: yeah. Sorry. No, so 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 the question here is that is this Mislock a um illusion cast by Mastermind because Arcade wanted him to do it? But then, you know, there was a little bit of a confirm there because it's like um but he they were trying to hide the confirm because it's like, oh, you know, Miss Lock is then he's like, I know, I know, just confirm please. Yeah. And and then there's a confirm. And I mean, or the other thing would be, you know, um, um, if we go along the line of AI, you know, maybe she's a sentient AI that Arcade mm-hmm. is trying to um, to to train her to be more like Miss Lock, the real Miss Lock, because this book has a few different AIs coming on, so I don't know.
0: Hmm. All right. So I want to end here with lightning rounding through things that we haven't talked about. So speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Uh, first, the data page memo about uh, his, the loyalty program. Thoughts on Arcade as a manager. Go. No, oh, no, no. Bad,
2: <laughs> badass.
1: Left, it. left the company. Done.
2: No, but this is more of a cane situation. Not really a carrot. <laughs> it's like if if you don't do this loyalty. Yeah,
1: exactly. you'll be
2: you'll <laughs> be put in the loyalty protocol. <laughs>
1: think mean, he called it, it loyalty protocol, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, how did he, like, I mean, why is everyone calling things protocols? Like, he, does he, like, <laughs> like what, is, what is this? Anyway. I, and I, yeah, I, I just
0: really enjoyed, you know, no congregating at a guest murder deck. deck. Yes, one of them is dressed as an egg. Now that we've gotten <laughs> that out of the way.
1: <laughs> but they, what I would say, though, is, like, no manager should send 13-page memo. Come on! I know condense that of, shit. <laughs> like, uh, but anyway. All
0: right. I mean, the whole gag was the just you know terrible banter. Okay, lightning yeah. round. dream gray crow dreams of absolution versus nightmare of retribution. Anything to mention here?
2: I mean, I'm surprised that he's guilty.
0: About the maraud- marauders. About the mutant mas- still. Yeah.
2: yeah,
3: yeah.
2: All
0: right. Grim. Empath <laughs> dreams dark. of satisfaction nightmares of retaliation any thoughts on everybody's favorite character empath mm,
1: he remains something- bliss
3: he's blissfully simple in his feelings and goals he's just a jerk <laughs> and that's something he all should all have. He co-
1: and i'm glad that that's his nightmare because he should yeah. have it coming
2: i mean he's yeah he's basically a coward right we have seen him um you know run away from fights that he said oh i i can i can't control robots so i'm going to run away and or you know or when when he they were in ameth she was like he's like oh uh, this is this is way beyond me i'm running away so so like i mean it, it's not surprising that like he's afraid of people like um fighting back because because he's a coward i think but-
0: The subtle thing there that I really enjoyed was he's not afraid of people wanting revenge. He gets that that's part of his power. He actually likes that. He's afraid of his power not working in those times. And I almost, I just thought it was very delicate work from Wells where it's Mm -hmm. like his fear is more that he can't get control back. You know, he's happy to run away. He's happy to fight another day. He doesn't want to lose the ability to potentially institute control again. Uh, Wild child dreams of aggression versus nightmares of similarly to havoc submission. At least, for, oh, w- at least for Wild Child, it makes sense that he would have a nightmare about submission because he wants to be the alpha dog, which is not yeah. Havoc's goal.
1: Right, but I, mean, I just love that his his dream scenario like that was that was cute. That was, was kind of cute. cute. Yeah. It was cu- it was wa- it was cute. It was like, oh, he, he wants to be He wants to be the, be the, the alpha dog. Yeah, yeah, he wants to be the alpha dog. And what is like the two manly manliness for him is Wolverine and Sabretooth. And, and he actually gets them like, you know, and then he just stands there all proud. I'm like, oh,
2: And it all run away.
1: Yeah,
0: and oh, his dream is literally so Wolverine. Cute. going, Oh, hell no. Nah.
1: Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> hello. I'll love- oh, you baby. So yeah.
0: And then, final lightning round in in the hardcore, this has Freudian double entendres in it. Nanny, an orphan maker in dreams of protection versus a nightmare of separation. Any thoughts on this one?
3: They're weird. It's
0: just, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it's
2: really basic straight, about it was really It's just really straightforward for this too. right? I mean, Nanny, Nanny's thing has been like, I want to protect all orphans, even orphans that I made. So, and then you know her nightmare is being separated from these babies which again i mean i don't know i just no. i just thought it's funny there's a baby glob there
1: <laughs> no i I was mostly talking about like it's like oh you were a big boy now you need two nannies i'm like oh god what does that mean
0: yeah. yeah again, like I think like it's it. uh, lots of interesting little Did shades. Like, like is it. that just a one-off <laughs> joke or is that about how orphan maker like wishes that he could have a relationship with somebody other than Nanny? but then in the worst way, the thing that he gets is nanny number two. you know like I just I think there's levels levels that's yeah. my that's the word of the program today. Uh, so is there anything else in this issue that has escaped our mention or notice that's worth bringing up before we wrap it up? Sinister gets
1: uh, tortured something i thought i would never see but here he is and i don't something know Something i always some...
0: thought i would enjoy but here it is and i actually feel bad about it i think that's, yeah. that's the
1: case yeah I, it's not i didn't feel bad about it i'm like well i mean he that it reduced him a little bit because it's like oh he couldn't talk his way out of that mm. i don't know i mean that's yeah. what and then because it's like it's arcade ew like like oh uh.
3: whipped by arcade
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that, I I didn't, you know how people are so, like, very proud of the power structure of different characters and stuff? I am more in terms of, like, you know, like, intelligence-level power structure of different characters. I'm like, seriously? Arcade, rip-off Joker. Like, uh Like, (laughs) uh. So, yeah. But
2: but Arcade's initial appearance wasn't, wasn't, like, a Joker type of character, right? It's, It's only later on when they... When, no, they, get when he became crazy, you know, then it becomes a little bit more like Joker like Yeah, yeah, so,
1: no, I get that. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I'm just like, hmm, I don't know
2: about hmm. that. What about that, that 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 callback about uh pinball machine?
1: Oh yeah yeah, like yeah. I said, I understood that <laughs> reference. When he said it. So, and then he's like, Well at least that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Yeah, it is better than the pinball machine that you created.
3: Harry. So, yeah. Do you do you know the reference? I just assumed that this guy has had a pinball machine at one point in his career. Like obviously he would <laughs> That's have. That's sort one of, his, of those. his
2: signature
0: move. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he oh, yeah. got
3: one. <laughs> like of yeah. course.
0: Just a note to everybody listening: Harry has stepped away because he did not read this issue, but we are forging onward with Demon Days X Men. For Demon Days X-Men, the way we're going to do it is we're going to start the lightning round of your initial reactions. But remember, you're trying to convince me if this is worth buying, reading, picking up, caring about. So Faria actually was the one who was the most hyped for this because you really did love uh, Peach Momoko's covers, as I understand it. So what is your lightning round pitch on Demon Days X-Men?
1: So without spoiling it, um, well, I you think can. I really... <laughs> Oh, I can. Well,
0: uh, that's <laughs> okay.
1: That's up to you. Okay, I can. So the thing is, if you read this week's Hellion, which is Hellion's number 10, uh, there was a the whole dream sequence of where uh, Kwanon gets trapped, and there's like a whole thing about her daughter and everything. And she asks the daughter, like, you know, what's your name? What's your name? Well, the, the name is actually revealed in this issue of Demon Days, which has been touted as out of continuity, but is it is the question because the way the story goes it's a story it's a it's a japanese folklore that is being read by a child mm. and at the end we know the child's name but the, the story also features Quan'an with a real wolverine called logan and she is kind of going from town to town and getting rid of different The demons that are based on Japanese folklore so that's one of the reason it just like very hard to say that this is completely out of continuity when Hellions has that whole storyline going on
0: interesting Mm. Tyler what would be your
2: lightning round why should I care um I mean the one reason why you should care is because you know is only because if you are a Momoko fan. So if you really like her work, her covers and her pinups, she actually transitioned very well into sequential art. I mean, it's not the best art, like sequential art that you have seen. But um, given the fact that, she, you know, and again same as Peter. I don't think I've seen her do any sequential art before, so I'm just going to say that this is her first sequential art. I mean, given that this is her very first one, I I thought she's um I, I I'm really impressed by by what she she did here. Um plot-wise, you know, um I did think that it might be also linked to um the Helen's 10 uh um dream sequence, but you know, if we if we not if we do not consider that and we just say that this is a Owlsworld type of um story i don't have a lot to say about the plot because it leans heavily into japanese folklore of which i know very little of so um yeah so i would say if you're a huge fan of her and her art i you should pick this up so that you know marvel will give her more sequential art to do um if not, you know, if you're not a huge fan or if you're just a casual fan, just wait three months for Marvel Unlimited. Mm. Um,
1: one thing I would say, though, is like the the art matches perfectly with the story, though, because mm. it's a Japanese folklore story and the art is very much of like the old Japanese... Um, art that you see like you know the whole story of yokai and then you know a samurai going through a town and everything so it has that element of it very well but the thing is it also does this really cool trick i call it a trick it's like everything problem with the story you can wash it away by saying it's a child reading a book so it has it has that as well. So there are certain times mm-hmm. that a scene just kind of cuts to the next, and it's like, oh yeah. So when she was reading the book, she just skipped over a page, or she didn't like it, or she didn't just. It's 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 actually a a trick of it. And then I was also mm-hmm. talking about that, if. I were the editor, I think like, you know, my choice would be, but then again, that's not flexing her sequential art talent. So I don't think that's what, but I would like more pages where it's like a sprawling double splash page of so many things going on. And the stories are just kind of told in like an introspective or like you're giving, um, what is that word, like exposition kind of thing. I wish there was a couple more pages of that because she starts off with that, one page of that, but then Mm. it just then moves on to the sequential. Mm. I think that would have been really a cool marrying her, her talent of cover page versus sequential art thing.
0: Well, let me ask kind of a follow-up, and Freya, you're starting to get into this already, but we've seen a lot of artists transition into being writers throughout Marvel's whole history, even more recently. You know, both Declan Chalvey and Jordi Belair have recently made the transition to being writers, and it's a way for them to kind of like maximize their time and profitability, because it certainly takes them less time to write a book than to Mm -hmm. uh, draw a book. But how do you think Peach Momoko is as a, I don't know if it's her first time ever, but certainly in a Marvel superhero comic book, her first time as a writer? How did she acquit herself? Is it smooth? Freya's already talked about how she's used some kind of interesting tropes. So Tyler, what did
2: you think about her as a first-time writer? I think for her, um, she did not put in the English words because there is someone, um, Zach Davison, who does the English adaptation. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, this basically is, you know, is probably, in my opinion, um, uh fit right into the marvel way of like uh, producing a comics she probably mm. have an idea of the comics uh, of what she wants to do and she starts like drawing it and she she i, I mean i've met her she doesn't speak english much so um she speaks a lot of, i mean she, she, she her husband speaks english but she doesn't so um so she probably had um the skeleton of the story out and written in japanese and then they had someone translate it into um, into English.
1: Hmm. So one thing to do one thing to say about that though, because um, I'm forgetting his name, Davison. Yeah. Zach. So Davidson. he actually Zach Davison he actually tweeted out that there is no English trans. this is not a translation. So oh. he made sure that he's like because people are like, oh, it must be very nice to read in Japanese. There is no Japanese script. It's okay. written, it's written. In collaboration between, like you know, like you know, he he was pretty much he he was actually like you know helping her form the words, like you know. So so the thing is like it just flows better and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there is no Japanese script. It's there not like she no sat Japanese down,
0: stri- typed the Japanese no. script or outline no. or whatever, and said here yeah. take this. It's not not no, like a manga would be.
1: No, no, no! It's none of it's not not that because he was very adamant about that Mm. in his tweet. So, So, so the thing is, it's it's just a collaboration. It's like, hey, I don't, I don't know the language. Like, you know, can you help me out? Like, how to express this? It's like, oh, Mm. you should write it this way. Like, you know. So, it's more got it,
2: yeah. So, so, so so it's basically her story. It's just like you know, but the words were being written in English. Um, or help helped with with the English, um way of expressing what she wanted to express
1: right so it was edited yeah. like it was edited by like you know by uh, by him but mm. and the thing is like i think i because i know of that like, she actually writes english oh she does somewhat okay you know so the thing is like i think like there were some it's the so there are some like emails response that people got which mm-hmm. had sign peach so i don't know whether it was his her husband writing on her behalf or her so it's very possible that she's writing is pretty potentially a bit better better
0: than than her her i certainly write way better in in french my one other language than i i can't barely speak a lick of it but i can like carry a conversation so
1: so yeah so that's something that you know it was Mm. um kind of explained that mm. oh well this is not there's no translation for this yeah okay. <laughs> so you can you can have a pipe dream of that because people are like oh yeah can we have the tra-? japanese version at the back is like where are you guys talking about? yeah it doesn't
0: it's not a thing so here's my final yeah. kind of quick response round question on this is there one art moment in the book itself that just made you go like wow this is why i love peach momoko many. for
1: yeah. <laughs> many Many. There's many many pages. Yeah, there's many pages, and you know, it just there. It's it's really used different lore of Marvel and Japanese folklore, and then mixes it together. And then there are, I mean, there are a lot of pages that I was like, whoa, that's that's pretty neat, you know. So <laughs> I I would say there would be, there is many.
0: Tyler,
2: is there one image that really stuck with you out of this? I mean, the very first appearance of Jubilee. <laughs> Because she was like lying on her side, and the colors were like popping, so I thought it was like oh, immediately. Even though, you know, even though there is um not a lot of like I mean yeah, her name is Juju, but um you know apart from that, you don't know she's Jubilee when she when when she first appears in this comics because there's no no uh powers or anything. But the whole demeanor and like some of the characteristics, color like the yellow is there, and 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 the shades. You know, she has a, she has this uh red band on her face, and it just speaks immediately. Say, oh, this must be Jubilee. So and I thought the, it was really fun.
1: And at the end, there is like a um, like a what you call it like, um, background information section where yes. they say that where the different things come from, and there is this one page where there's Explaining this type of characters mm. in Japan in Japanese art, and it matches so well with that because it's like okay, so she saw that and she saw Jubilee. It's like now I'm going to match this together.
2: <laughs> well, and so, also the, the transition, right? Because the the very last uh last page, or I mean the second last page, you you know that there's a transition, because right. her, she she changed her style slightly, just this exactly. slightly change. And you're like oh okay that's different you know and um the i thought i didn't i thought the miss kuroki um which is the the like mr uh like the school mistress or you know Uh or her mom or whatever um i thought i thought she was i thought she was black widow
1: right Mm. right right I thought like I thought exactly the same yeah. so that's one of the reason I'm saying who is this girl
2: I know like, but we, but black, because she has that black widow like hair
1: yeah know, no no yeah. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the girl who's reading the story oh the reading so the thing, okay, okay yeah the reading the got story it, it. and then she talks about like you know mom and then it just like the whole thing it's just I mean it's connected to but the thing is also because this is a story set in Japan Logan has to be there and Logan like <laughs> you know and it's like a real life Wolverine Well <laughs> I,
2: think drawn, I think it's drawn I think he's drawn more like a wolf than a Wolverine because uh, a Wolverine true, yeah. is not that big. Not native like, to Japan. Yeah,
0: that's that's right. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's true. That's so the thing is, like, yeah. And then his name is Logan. And then yeah. he also has healing factor.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think <laughs> it's really interesting because I, I kind of came in with the assumption that, like, oh, it's just like an alternate universe book. Like, somebody just wants to tell this, you know, like, beautiful painted Japanese art influenced version mm-hmm. of an X Men story, which to me is just my whole thing is it's not that I hate these stories, but it's just I read so many comic books. Like, I would rather read some deep cut Wonder Woman comic book than mm-hmm. read this. But it sounds like from the two of you talking, that it's actually just a a really cool hybrid of a traditional Japanese folklore tale with X-Men stuff layered into it. And I actually love that kind of stuff. Like, I love when actual folktales are reused and appropriated to retell stories, as opposed to something that's more like uh, Marvel 1602, where it's like, it's Marvel, but it's 16, year 1602. Like, yeah. to me, you could not pay me to be interested in that. That's just how my brain works. And I kind of thought this would be that, but it sounds like it's something really different. So I think I will read it uh, when it hits Unlimited in three short months. Now, how many right. is it going to have another issue? Three, is it ongoing? What is the story?
1: I think limited. limited? Advertise they advertise yeah, another
2: issue, but
0: the issue is also number rioter.
1: one. Yeah. So the thing is the next issue is called Demon Days Mariko number
0: yeah. 1. Oh and I I'm looking at the cover of that now and that character really does look like Black Widow on the cover. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So the thing is like you know so that's one is like oh maybe and then and it also had the Hydra see the Hydra the Black yeah. Widow and then you know then Mariko and then the
2: mask like, the um, Japanese yeah. demon yeah. mask looks yeah, like Hydra. Yeah of that. Oh, so, no, really, so does it connect
1: really...
0: to the guy? What is the um the guy from Wolverine and Kitty Pride,
2: Tyler Ogan. Oh, does it uh, connect to yeah, Ogun? Ogun, Ogun. Okay, I don't cool. know. Yeah,
1: oh, we don't know. But, it, but it, it, the it, it, mask. I think I think it's like you know there I, there should be more stories like kind of like this you know done well. I'm not saying that, or maybe you know give so give people chance, give people mm-hmm. chance to flex their art, their talent, and you know, and if it's like. If it's out, you can be like, "Oh well, yeah, that was never in continuity anyway," <laughs> you know. So I think it's I think it's a, it's a good idea to do this, like you know, and then maybe even like make them for charity, so that people who are obsessed with it, Jen Bartle should do some of these because you know I know that she have done sequential work for uh, Blackbird, um, her image work, and also Jen and the hologram. But I I think like give her something like this too, like you know. So let let it let all your talent flow.
2: But I have to say that Peach, um, Peach Momoko, is extremely extremely fast, because when I commission, when I you know, when I ask her for a commission once, um. It was before NYCC, but you know, but in my typical fashion, I like to give like three choices. So I was like, oh, you know, so I was conversing with with her husband. I was like, oh, okay, um, I uh, I would like her to do something, and we agree on the price, and it's like, okay, these are the three choices. And less than twenty four hours later, her husband emailed me three pictures, and it's like, oh, she she decided she, that she likes all three choices, and she drew three of them, and then she asked me say, oh, um, like which one do you like? Best. (laughs) Wow. And I ended up I ended up buying two out of three. (laughs)
0: It's fun for me because I sometimes miss out on some of these direct market things because I don't buy things in floppy. I don't look at um, variant covers because Marvel won't put them in their darn books. At least Dynamite, you know, say what you will about Dynamite. Mm. But they put a lot of their variant covers in the digital books. And I like spend time sitting and like looking at them and, and it's fun to see variant cover art. Xenoscope sometimes does that too. And I know they're like cheesecakey, and that's what they do. But I would like it if Marvel would put their digital co- um, versions of variant covers in their books. DC did it for the whole beginning part of Rebirth. If you got a digital version of one of the books, it had the second cover and like you get a whole extra minute of satisfaction of just like checking out this beautiful artwork but I bring that up to say the only way I know who uh, Peach Momoko was before this having been not a, a buyer of any of those things physically is because our friend Frank Gogol uh, had a comic book No Heroine for Source Point Press I think last year mm-hmm. and she did one of the variant covers and it got like really really hot and I and he was like oh I know you're all going to be after this Peach Momoko cover and I'm like I'm just after the book because I Frank, Frank is my friend and I want to read his comic book right. so then I I like had to be like, who is this Peach Momoko character? And that was my route of discovery. So it's just really interesting to me that, you know, Freya's whole comment about, like, it would be great to have more things like this. I think so, too, because for those of us who are much more about, like, digital reading or don't play the variant cover game, some of these amazing artists, like, exist outside of our reference entirely, and they yeah. don't really get introduced to us until you get them doing interiors, and that's a shame, mm-hmm. or until they're at least doing a run of covers on a book that we're reading, like Mark Brooks, you know, doing a run of covers. Yeah. And so, you know, I just want to pre- appreciate more amazing art, so I, I'm kind of all for taking one of these artists and saying, how could you do a whole issue? Like Kevin Wada for Wicked and Divine, who's I love Kevin Wada from mm-hmm. his like Tumblr days. Uh, and he for Wicked and Divine, they were like, what can you do? And he's like, let's do it as a fashion magazine. Right. And that's mm-hmm. how you yeah. get a whole Kevin Wada issue. So right. let's see what these comic book artists want to do, you know, to, to make a full issue and, and do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool. Tyler and I did not make it through the whole Marvel pull this week, but we have heard mm-hmm. from some of you that you're really enjoying when we talk about the X-Men appearances around the Marvel Universe. So while we find a more sustainable way to do that, Tyler did get a chance, I think, to look through or read Runaways this week, Tyler.
2: Yeah, I did. And, um, and so it was, was
0: Runaways mutant T because we left on a very Krokoan moment in the last issue. It is. Pixie and Wolverine uh-huh. arriving to pick yeah. up Molly.
2: And it seems like it's, it was a case of mistaken identity and that there there is another mutant that actually <gasps> On the Runaways? Out. Yeah, well, not the team itself, but like around Spike Jason. Like she, the 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 mutant didn't actually appear, and they were like you know on their way to to get to him or her. Um, so I'm not hundred percent sure what is happening there. So, um, but yeah, uh, but it's not Molly. So um, uh, I mean, if you enjoy seeing Molly basically manhandle Wolverine over her shoulders, <laughs> that would be a, quite a good book.
0: <laughs> All right, well, uh... Thank you so much for everybody listening and watching for being a part of another This Week in X. It was a nice short one for us. So we get some of our day back yeah. some of one of our marathon <laughs> recording and then That's chopping true. that down in editing sessions. So it's not a bad yeah. thing. Uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us because we really think that these comic books just gain so much more when you read them together with friends. Comic books can be a social experience. Uh, and so many of us, either pre-pandemic or just because of the pandemic, are not getting that social experience. And the reason we're together doing this is because why, Freya?
1: X-Men is better, it's
0: right. That's right. And it's really been better for me these past few months that way, and I hope you all feel that way listening, too. So on behalf of Tyler, Faria, Harry, and myself, thanks so much for joining us for another This Week in X, and we will see you again next time on Crushing Comics. Bye. Bye. Bye.